Welcome to Inside Design, a podcast for interior design clients. I am your host, Jane Ledger, an interior designer who's helped hundreds of clients design, decorate, renovate, and create their dream home. In this show, I'm going to get real and talk about all the things you'd love to know about, but don't. Like, what do interior designers actually do? What value am I going to get from engaging one? How much do things cost? I'm going to be sharing all of this with you through my own expertise and through my guests, other leading industry professionals. Together, we're going to take you inside design to help you understand what we do and how you can engage meaningfully with an interior designer to achieve the space or home of your dreams. Hello and welcome to this next episode of Inside Design. Last time we chatted, I took you through some of the elements that you're buying from an interior designer. First up with those intangible skills. So obviously, when you're purchasing from an interior designer, you're buying their creativity. And that's the ability to see opportunities in a space, conceptualize and visualize a beautiful outcome. And it also includes our spatial abilities. Next up was experience and expertise. So that's the specialist knowledge that designers have as to products and problem solving and bringing the right team of people together for your project. We also spoke about those important decision-making skills. So I know that a lot of people struggle with the enormous array of choices and options out there. An interior designer uses their expertise and product knowledge to narrow down those choices for you and come to you with a pretty clear recommendation and that gives you confidence and a degree of calm in what's ahead. I then moved on to the more technical aspects of what you're buying from an interior designer and that's the plans, documentation and drawing of the design. They're detailed drawings and they're a wonderful resource not only for you as the client but for all the people working on your project. An interior designer also follows a pretty organised process so things aren't happening on the run or on the fly and we know the steps ahead to ensure that we're continuing and progressing towards that final outcome. And then finally I spoke about the powers of implementation that you're buying from an interior designer and this is seeing through the original concepts and visualisations to the drawn form, so the plans and the documentation and then the implementation is actually seeing that jump from the plans, from the drawn form into a final built form. As I said last time, not all designers do the implementation phase and not all designers do it on every project. Some do implementation sometimes and not others. And the benefits of all of these skills coming together is that the interior designer is like a little bit of the glue in between all of the people that have to collaborate and come together to see your project finished. So of course this all leads to the burning question of how much is an interior designer going to charge for these skills and services. Today I wanted to start off by going into some of the methods that interior designers typically use. Okay, so first up, let's get the bad news out of the way. Yes, there will be design fees. No matter what method your designer chooses, they are going to be there. And if you listened in on the previous episode, you'll know that this is because interior designers are not usually doing this as a hobby. It's not a sort of spare time, fill in time kind of pursuit. It's a professional service and they are running a business. So money is an inevitable part of the exchange. Oh my God, that sounds like doom, doesn't it? I didn't mean it that way. Really what I'm trying to get across is interior design, like any other professional service, is a value exchange. So it's going to involve an outlay for those services. 
A designer's fees are separate to the cost of your project, so they will be additional to the cost of the renovation or the furniture. Across the industry, you'll come across a few different methods. So let's take a look at the main two, flat fees and an hourly rate. So what is a flat fee service? This is where you'll be quoted a flat fee to deliver a defined scope of work. Generally speaking, the flat fee is assessed by the designer having regard to the scope and size of your project, the degree of difficulty, the level of expertise required, and whether it involves implementation or not. A flat fee will have regard to time, and more importantly, the length of time of a project. So I think you're aware that in the current environment that we're working in post-COVID, that projects are taking a lot longer to complete. And that's because there's a shortage of trades, of materials, things are taking longer to get to us, things are taking longer to complete. And the other impact that can have a bearing on the flat fee quoted is the number of parties that are involved. So interior designers, like all other design professionals in the industry, like landscape designers and building designers, we're all pretty good at collaborating with each other and coming together to do what's required to get to that completed outcome. So the number of parties that we're dealing with in a particular project may have a bearing on that flat fee as well. So how do we actually land on what that flat fee is going to be? Well, as I said, most of that is related to the scope of work, and I'll come to that a little later, but it's also based on our experience of previous projects. So an experienced designer usually knows how long and all the elements that are involved in a particular kind of project. It's also based on our experience of how long things typically take. So in that sense, it is time-based. But I think it's important that you as a client know that you're not just buying our time. You are buying the expertise, the creativity, those powers of implementation that I've spoken about. And they're not always linked back to time. They're linked to skill. But of course, we live in a 24-hour day, don't we? And there is no way that we can contract or extend those hours. So in that sense, our expertise is delivered in increments of time. And I just want to pause here a little on this question of time. The time it takes to complete elements of a project can be enormous. And what people often don't realise is that it's often the tiniest of details that take up the most amount of time. So let me take you through an example of, say, creating a bespoke piece of furniture, like a dining banquette. You know, those beautiful ones that you've seen in the magazines. They might be leather, they might be made out of some gorgeous fabric, and they're built into the wall, and there's this beautiful dining space that's created around it. So firstly, that dining banquette, we're going to have to design it and draw it first. Then there'll be the time spent sourcing the leather for the seat the timber for the surround and then we're going to put this beautiful wall lighting above it. So we'll be engaging with at least five or six people to implement it. The leather supplier, the timber supplier, then the upholsterer who's going to be applying the leather to the structure and in that case we'll be going down to the upholsterer's workshop and we're going to be discussing the design with them. So we'll have the drawing with us and we're literally there in person discussing this design. And that person is also going to be quoting the job for us, for their part of the job. Then there's the carpenter who's actually going to build the frame. Then, then we go back to the upholsterer to discuss the sizing of the leather panels, the stitching, and how the leather is going to be finished into the timber frame. 
Then there's the delivery team who will be picking up the banquette after the upholsterer is finished with it, the builder who's going to install it. Oh, but then before that, there's the question of the existing skirting boards and getting those removed so that the banquette can actually be fitted directly to the wall. Then later we have to get the skirting board made. We have to have it custom made to match the existing skirting board and that needs to be made so it can butt into the newly installed banquette. And so it goes on. Okay, so what? There was maybe at least six interactions there, all quite detailed. And let's say each interaction has a minimum of five emails and that's not counting in-person time and phone call time so that's pretty conservative and so we're looking at what say about 30 35 emails to complete this process so I think you get the idea so I'm using this example because designers know how long and how difficult or easy certain tasks are going to be roughly because of course not every project is the same and not even every dining banquet we do is the same So when I speak to fellow designers, we often talk about the things we do that you as our clients may not know we're doing in the background. And that's completely okay. That's what you're paying us for. We don't want to have to bother you with every single step behind every single interaction that we're taking on your behalf. But I mention this because I think it's worth bearing in mind that there is often a lot happening in the day-to-day behind the scenes to keep the process and the people on your project moving along. So all of this time and expertise will be reflected in the fees charged. In a flat fee quote, it will show up, I'm going to be honest, sometimes as a fairly chunky figure. On an hourly basis, it will show up in the literal hours spent. And that's, of course, if the designer isn't cutting down their hours once they see the timesheet, which can sometimes be quite horrifying. And those hours will keep on coming as the project progresses. The benefit to you of a flat fee proposal is that it's all out on the table and it's out on the table right up front, early on. You know and I know what's being charged and for what scope of work. You can plan for the fees and know what's coming ahead. So I'll usually outline a schedule of when the flat fees are due and they are linked to completing stages of my design process. So this is probably a good time to mention that flat fees are generally phased. So there'll be a flat fee for the front-end design work, that's the design, documentation and specification work, and a fee for the back-end, which is the procurement and implementation stage. Okay, and so now this is where things start getting interesting. For the flat fee arrangement to work fairly and effectively, it does need boundaries. So what do I mean by boundaries? Boundaries are essentially being clear on what's included and what's not included. An example of a boundary might be knowing that the flat fee includes one round of revisions and that those revisions are within the ambit of the original brief. So like not a whole new concept. So the fixed fee might be for the kitchen, scullery, laundry and a powder room, but it's not going to include the master ensuite. Now I know this just sounds so obvious, But I think what I want to let you know is that this happens all the time. That, And we love it when it happens, that people want us to do more than we were originally engaged for. But I mention it because it does happen a lot. We call it scope creep. And it's not a bad thing at all because it shows that you have got to know us and you like us and you're really happy with how things are going. But it's not going to form part 
of the original flat fee that was quoted to you. So it's just having that awareness, I guess, that anything you add to the scope or to the brief is going to add to the fixed fee also. So for me, I quote my fixed fees in phases. So there will be a fixed or a flat fee for phase one work. And that's the concept design out in the field, sourcing the design drawings, documentation, the specification of all the product and fittings, producing the schedules, etc. And that usually includes a detailed presentation to you. And this is the case whether it's a renovation project or a furnishings project or a combination of the two. And then I charge a separate fee for the phase two work. So that is the procurement and the implementation. Depending on the type of project yours is and the scope of work we agree, this could be another flat fee or hourly rate or a percentage of the construction cost. In a renovation project, the design implementation phase can be pretty long. And as I kind of alluded to before, it's become a lot harder. So this is where the drawn designs are being implemented, they're being constructed. And the issues that come up can be complex because we're dealing with a whole chain of people and elements. And given the post-COVID environment, there's there's just a lot of opportunity for things to, to go wrong. Um, but this is where I'm attending on site to, for example, problem solve with the builder, discuss tile set outs, tap set outs, and generally become involved in the implementation of the design element of the reno. And I just want to note here that I've said design elements I don't become intricately involved in, and I'm certainly not responsible for, the building work. That's the job of the builder or the head contractor. But I am liaising with these people a lot to ensure that the design intent, as we documented in the design drawings, are implemented as close as possible uh, to, to those drawings and achieving the intent of those drawings. Oh, and I also want to point out that site visits are not all about problems. I actually love site visits because it's where I'm seeing your designs come to life. And I'm really, a lot of the time, the problems that we're getting or the questions that we're getting, because we've designed and drawn it, that they're easy for us to answer and we love this phase. So yes, issues come up, but a lot of what we're doing in the design implementation phase is so positive. It's having those discussions with the trades. It's exchanging information with each other. And we actually have, you know, a lot of good fun and good working relationship happen during this phase. It's talking through how and why design, design decisions were made and celebrating them when they come off. Oh, my God, I can't believe that that looks, well, exactly how we designed and drew it. And it's generally about keeping everyone on the project just feeling good about the work and the outcomes taking shape. So as I said, for this kind of work, depending on the size of project, I charge an hourly rate for these site visits and liaison. Or it might be a percentage of the construction cost if the extent of my involvement is more intensive or where the scale of the project and the level of customization and design detail is significant. So that's just on a case-by-case basis. I have, to, I have to assess that. And obviously, we discuss that in full with you at the beginning so you know exactly how we're coming to the fixed fees and why we have arrived at the figure of the fixed fee that we have. For a new build, my involvement is slightly different. So let's just say 
that for your new build, I have been engaged to do all the design drawings for your interior spaces. So let's just say that's all the wet areas and we're drawing and designing those. I'm not highly involved in the implementation side of things in this case, as of course, that's fully managed by the builder you've engaged. So my role there would be designing and drawing those wet areas and any other area requiring custom cabinetry. And we're seeing a lot more of that these days. So joinery is needed in so many places in a home aside from the wet areas. So we love doing that kind of joinery design because it really feeds in very closely to your furniture and your furniture selections and it just makes that whole ease of living come to life. So we're doing all of that uh, custom joinery, that specification work and then we're handing over those plans to your builder to implement. So in this case, in the case of a new build, the flat fee is applicable really only to that phase one concept design and drawing phase. For a furnishings project, my structure and flat fee works in a fairly similar way. Uh, the main difference, of course, is that I'm not renovating any of your areas. I'm doing all the furnishings, so that's rugs, furniture, lighting, art, any customization to walls. And so the process is fairly similar. I'm assessing your project and the scope of work on the basis of my previous experience and how much time and expertise is required and I'm coming to you with a fixed fee to complete that scope of work. And on the implementation side of things, again, it's fairly similar. In this case, what I'm managing in phase two, the implementation, is all the procurement and the tracking of deliveries and orders and getting those to you in a kind of sensible and cohesive and coherent way. So we try not to do it mad dash ad hoc. That's not at all how it works. Everything's ordered and progressed well in advance and I know how things are tracking and I bring all of those installations together and deliver that final space to you. So in phase one, I've drawn and designed where all of the furniture is going to be. I've presented all of that to you. We've made all the selections. And then phase two is that procurement and implementation. The way I charge for that, phase one, as I've talked about before, that's a fixed fee. Phase two is also a fixed fee with a furnishing scheme. In phase two, I'm charging you a procurement fee, which is a percentage of the total value of the goods ordered. Because this phase also has become a lot more complicated and long. So even with furniture, there is a lot more follow-up and communication points that we have to manage and issues to be resolved on the procurement side of things. It covers everything that happens from when you've approved all the selections and given the go-ahead to order through to the final install of those pieces in situ. Now, the thing I like about this phase of my fee arrangement when it comes to furnishings is that you get the full benefit of my trade discounts from suppliers. And I know this is a topic of much uh, fascination and discussion amongst the industry, but for me, it's just pretty clear. I prefer, and this goes for any sort of arrangement that I'm dealing with, but I prefer an arrangement that is transparent. I don't want to hide things. I don't have the time um, and I don't have the patience to try and work out what I should be showing and hiding from you. I just actually just can't even deal with it. 
So my arrangement is pretty clear. So when you work with me on your interior furnishings, you will see both the retail and trade pricing on the items that I've recommended for you and obviously the items that we then go on to agree on an order. So nothing is hidden from you, nothing is added. You pay suppliers direct from the trade quotes I have sourced for you. And then as part of this stage, I charge you a flat percentage of the total value of the goods ordered. So it's easy for everyone to follow, for you as my client and for me. That percentage can range from anything from 10 to 20%. That depends on the size and type of the project. So we get into a fair amount of detail here. So we prepare a spreadsheet for you and that details every item you purchased, both the retail price and the trade price and the percentage of the flat procurement fee. So this spreadsheet has a column that shows what the retail price is and another column for what the trade price is. And so bang, you can see in an instant what you've saved through my trade discounts. And then you also see at the bottom of the spreadsheet what my percentage is, what percentage is applicable for the procurement fee for your project. So to me, you know, it's low fuss, it's transparent, and it's also an acknowledgement that there is a lot of work involved in this procurement and tracking of orders and installation and the delivery of all the product. So just to kind of clarify this, in case you've got lost, I'm certainly trying to make this easy for you, but I understand if you're listening to this kind of thing for the first time, you might be thinking, what? So let's go back. We're talking about a furnishings project. So I've charged you a flat fee to design, source and come up with the scheme for your furnishings. That's that's done. You've That's already happened. I've presented to you and that fee has been paid. Then we're into the implementation phase. So let's just say that the items you wanted come to $100,000. Using my trade discounts, that's the figure that the total value of your goods that you're ordering has come to. So my percentage procurement is simply a percentage of that amount. So if I'm charging you a 10% procurement on $100,000 worth of items, I'm charging you $10,000. And so I think you get the idea. And that procurement fee is in addition to the design fee that you've already paid me for all those plans, drawings, the documentation of the furniture scheme, the sourcing and the recommendations. So whether we're talking about your renovation project or your new furnishings project, I think you can see that this implementation phase can involve some pretty complicated work and it does require strong organisation skills to keep things moving, delivered and getting them installed as they should be. So personally, for my practice, I do not leave any of that work for my clients to do themselves. We do it for you. Gosh, so look, thank you for getting this far and listening to the structure of of how I do things. So that's on a flat fee service. I now just want to take a quick look at hourly fee services. So these are also quite common across the industry. And like a lot of what I'm talking about in this series, I really don't want to position one as being better than the other. I'm really sharing this information with you so that you are kind of armed with some information where you can ask questions and find the model and of course the designer that suits you best. 
So if I was approaching an interior designer about an hourly arrangement, I'd still want them to give me some kind of estimate of how many hours they think it's going to be. And in my experience, interior designers who have this model, they, they can do that because they've been in the business for a while and, you know, they have this familiarity from previous projects. But of course, the same provisos apply. If you add to the project scope or if things happen along the way that extend the level of a designer's involvement or extend the level of expertise required, those hours will increase. Hourly fees in the industry have a fairly large range, anything from 150 to 300 or more based on experience. My rate's currently sitting at 220 plus GST per hour. And the flat fees, how much are they going to be? Well, I'm really excited that in the next episode, I have the most amazing industry professional who is going to be joining me in an interview to discuss scope of work because as I've alluded to a few times throughout this episode it is the scope of work that is going to determine what the flat fee is. So I'm really excited to announce that Kelly Donaher, interior designer and director of 13 Interiors is joining me next episode where we're going to dive into what is a scope of work. We're going to start talking real figures so I know you're going to get some great information out of this episode. You're going to love Kelly, so please tune in next time for Scope of Work and how this is going to impact the fees you are charged. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Inside Design. If you found this useful, please leave a review as this helps other people just like you find this information. I'd love for you to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this and share a favourite episode with someone you know who would really benefit from it. You can follow my interior design business on Instagram at Jane Ledger Interiors and visit my website at janeledger.com.au. I'll see you in the next episode.